Welcome to the Focus Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that it inspires you and gives you a fresh perspective. Enjoy the sermon. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. I just want to build your faith a little bit. How many of you came in needing a miracle? You need a miracle today? The thing about needing a miracle is you have to have, miss, you have, to have something missing. You have to be in a place to need one. Right? So if you, you need financial breakthrough, that means you're broke. Right? If you need a, a, a breakthrough in your marriage, that means your marriage is struggling. And so we want miracles, but sometimes we don't want the conditions that come pre-miracle. Because pre-miracle conditions are never perfect. The only reason you need a miracle is because something is not right. And when something is not right, that's when Jesus steps in. And Jesus has the ability to heal, to restore, and to redeem. And if you weren't blessed already by the partaking of the communion, I believe that uh, you will see in this narrative with blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10, verse 46, that he is, he is the healer and that he can do all things. Are you grateful for him? Mark chapter 10, beginning in verse 46. Then they reached Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, all the haters showed up. Be quiet. I'm going to block you. Be quiet. Many people yelled at him. But he only shouted all the louder. Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. Imagine having the faith that stops Jesus. Imagine a church that has faith to stop and get the attention of Jesus, surrounded by people. Crowds are following him everywhere. But it was the voice of Bartimaeus that stopped Jesus. Same thing with the woman with the, well, the, woman with the issue of blood. It says that Jesus stopped and turned around and said, who touched me? And his disciples were like, what do you mean? We are in a crowd, not socially distant right now. How in the world could you ask us to find out, to decipher who touched you? And he said, someone pulled power from me. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I want to be a church that's full of faith like blind Bartimaeus, that when we say Jesus, he says, who was that? I want to be a church full of faith that when the woman with the issue of blood for for many years, when, when she grabs a hold of the hem of his garment, he says, who touched me? And I want to be able to say, focus church, touched you. We touched you, God. We reached out, God. We shouted out. We did all that we could to receive from you because nothing else is working except for the power that comes through the Holy Spirit. Nothing else will work except for the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Who touched me? Jesus stopped and said, tell him to come here. That's rude. Never tell a blind man to walk towards you. You meet that man where he is at. He can't see where he is going. Yet Jesus wanted to test his faith. Jesus said, were you willing to use the senses that you do have? Would you be willing to use the abilities that you do have to receive the miracle for the thing that you don't have? I don't want to jump ahead of myself in the sermon. Read the passage, pray, and then go to preaching. That's what they taught me. 
So they called the blind man, cheer up. They said, come on, he's calling you. Verse 50, Bartimaeus threw aside his coat. Threw aside his coat. Jumped up and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus down the road. Father, we are blind today. In some way, in some fashion, we all have a blind spot in our life. Maybe it's our current state of emotions. Maybe it's our current anger issue. Maybe it's our relationships. Maybe it's our desire for the things of the flesh and not the things of the spirit. Maybe it's our lack of communion or devotion to you. Whatever it might be today, God, I pray that we would come to you and you would ask us, what do you want? And we would say, heal us from that thing that keeps us from seeing clearly. Heal us from that thing that keeps us from being made whole. Heal us from that thing that has caused us to be blind. Do it, Lord. Only you can do it. Not me, not a song, not a singer, not a sermon, but only your spirit in the presence of an almighty God. Use these words. May I get out of the way today, Lord, and let you speak in Jesus' name. I am uh, in a current pandemic predicament. Let's call it that. The man you see in front of you right now has not been able to get to the eye doctor because they are so booked up. Have you tried to get an appointment with an eye doctor? I mean, obviously the doctor that gets this close to your face Probably doesn't want to get this close to your face right now, you know? And they're like, yeah, we got an opening 2023. <laughs> Excuse me? You don't understand. <laughs> I am in a serious predicament. I'm out of contacts. I don't have any more contact lenses. And I cannot find my most recent glasses prescription. Therefore, the man you see in front of you right now is wearing two left eyes from his wife's contact lenses because they are the closest thing to my prescription that I can find in my house. <laughs> Everyone's like, someone put a guardrail up in the front. <laughs> you saw me in my glasses last week. Those are an old prescription, probably four or five years old. And I can't get an appointment. And I'm not even as blind as Bartimaeus is, right? <laughs> but it's terrible. I mean, it's really annoying. It's annoying because I know that the potential to see clearly is there. Wow, wow. I know that I have seen clear, more clearly than I'm seeing right now. Yes. But because I can't have access to the person who can grant me the prescription, I'm having to limit what I do until I get to see them. Now, praise be to God, we found a way. Tomorrow at 2 p.m., unless, I mean, they already canceled on, they canceled on me Friday because of a family emergency for the doctor, but I, pr I pray to God there's no more family emergency, and tomorrow at 2 p.m., 
They can say, sir, your eyes are jacked up. <laughs> and I can say, yes, will you give me a quote on LASIK so I can weigh my options? Maybe LASIK will be more affordable at some point, right? But until then, I do have an appointment tomorrow too. Don't tell the DMV I've been driving around with these contact lenses. If I look at you funny, it's not because I'm mad at you. It's simply because I can't see you very good. But you all are beautiful. You look so lovely today at church. Here's the cool thing and the difference between me and blind Bartimaeus. I'm still able to work. I'm still able to function. I'm still able to live my everyday life and able to do. It's a little bit more annoying, but it's not a deal breaker. But for Bartimaeus, his blindness was so severe that it was a deal breaker for his entire life. It didn't just affect his sight. It affected his ability to generate his own wealth. That's why he was a beggar. He was a beggar because he couldn't work. And he couldn't work, so he had to beg. And when he had to beg, it became a part of his identity. That's why they called him the blind beggar. Because one thing that he didn't have affected another, and it became his identity. I don't know about you, but I met a lot of people who have uh, blindness, and it has affected their entire life. The one thing, the one mistake, the one tragedy, the one thing that they did in their past has become the identity that they've assumed. And they are no longer just blind but functional. They are blind and dysfunctional. But Jesus came to heal everything. He came to heal all of you, the entire part of you, everything that you are. He has not just come to just heal your physical needs but to also restore your spiritual body as well. Bartimaeus is in a position. I like to call it a faith position. He needed Jesus. He needed Jesus desperately. If he didn't get Jesus, his life would not be changed. And so I want you to put yourself in Bartimaeus' shoes because there's probably a chance that you can kind of relate to the first observation, which is my current condition is a faith position. If you had everything you needed, then you wouldn't need to ask God for anything. If Bartimaeus wasn't blind, then chances are he would have never needed son of David, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, you know, please heal me. He would have never needed to shout. He would have never needed to stand up. He would have never needed to walk toward Jesus because he would have had the things that he needed. But your condition is a faith position. And it's a position where, where your reliance on God should be at an all-time high. I don't want this church to get accustomed to living blind. <laughs> I don't want you to get used to living dysfunctionally. I don't want you to think that when you come to church broken and you leave the same way that that's how the world works. Because that's not how it works. And Bartimaeus understood this and he understood that his current condition was a faith position. He needed Jesus. And so when you come into church, I don't want you to think that this is just business as usual, that this is just normal, just kind of go through the motions. But instead, I want you to know that when you arrived on Destiny Drive, when you arrived and you opened that tab, when you arrive on Salem Street in Apex, that you are putting yourself in a faith position to receive a miracle. 
That's why on days like today when at the time of this sermon, it's a little dreary outside. The clouds are covering. It's probably a little more tough to get out of, get out of the house than normal. But what I know is that when I show up into the presence of God, even with my current condition, I have a faith position. And that faith position is I serve a God of miracles. I serve a God that's going to come, come, come by today. I serve a God whose presence I will be able to get into. Therefore, I come expectant. Bartimaeus expected a miracle from the very beginning. He expected a miracle from, the, from day one. Bar- Bartimaeus said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Day one. Didn't even know how far Jesus was away. Didn't know if he was within earshot, within, within, within his voice. He did not know the proximity that Jesus was, but he had the faith level to believe expectancy that he was in a faith position to receive a miracle. This church is in a faith position. Oh, we're in a faith position. In a, in a, in a, in a, in a diverse church during an election year, in a church that, that is very diverse during an election year, in a, in a global pandemic, we are in a faith position. Right. Expecting for God to do the miraculous. Yeah. Expecting for him to, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on us. Maybe you're there too. You're like in a faith position. You're like, man, I'm on a spare tire. But I can make it. I got enough gas to get me home, and I can make it to the 15. I'm in a faith position. I, I, got, I, got, I got enough groceries that if I spread it out and I skip a meal or two and I give it to my kids, I'm in a faith position. Some of you are in a faith position. That's a good position to be in because your reliance on God gets stronger during seasons of faith. If you had everything, you wouldn't need to rely on God for anything. Bartimaeus needs Jesus because he's begging. His life revolves around, his life revolves around begging. His life revolves around him being blind. And he, he, he's, he's in a faith position. Now, I want you to know this, is that your current limitation is not complete disqualification. This is important, too, because some people disqualify themselves because of one thing that's wrong with them. Oh, I'll just always be this way, Pastor. I'm just going to be an alcoholic. No. Your slip-up does not disqualify you entirely. Your, your, your one bad relationship doesn't make you discarded or disgraceful. Could you imagine if Bartimaeus was just like, well, I'm blind and I'm a beggar, and the Messiah, the miracle-working God, is King of kings, Lord of lords, Prince of peace, is walking by, but you know what? Since I'm blind, my mouth works fine, but I'm not going to even use it. That's what a lot of people do. They miss out on what God wants to do through them because they limit God's potential on their life simply because one thing is wrong when all the while they could, he could speak as we found out he could shout he could stand as we find out he had to walk towards Jesus and he could also hear it says he heard Jesus coming he didn't allow his blindness to limit the other senses that were in play I've met a lot of people who was like, I'm not going to that church. One thing wrong with it. Too cold. <laughs> Do you feel the presence of God there? Oh, absolutely. Are people getting saved? Yeah, absolutely. Are people get baptized? Yeah, absolutely. It's too cold. You let one thing, you've let one thing, you've let one thing keep you from all the things. Oh, I just love that church, but you know what? Services are just too long. Come to first service. It's got time constraints. Life hack, you know, come to first service if you think service is too long. 
I just think the music's too loud. Well, is the anointing there? Oh, it's strong, preacher. Well, don't let one thing mess up all the things. Blind Bartimaeus didn't let the one thing mess up all the things. And, and I, 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 it, the same is true in relationships. You could find the one thing for your spouse that you don't like. That, that, that will happen. Your honeymoon's over. Your gravitational, your gravitational pull will be towards that one thing. But there are so many other things that you used to be in love with, infatuated with. The things that you used to just listen to each other breathe on the phone. <sighs> you hang up. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. Are you falling asleep? Oh, I'm not falling asleep. And then 10 years into it, seven years into it, it's like, please hang up. I'm not even, I'm just going to hang up. I'm going to hang up. You know what I'm saying? The one thing did not affect everything for blind Bartimaeus. Even though he was blind, he still shouted. Even though he was blind, he still stood up and walked towards Jesus. Even though he was blind, he could still hear him coming. I don't want you to be disqualified by one thing that you feel is dysfunctional. I want to let you know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you were made in the image of God. And do not let the one thing that you think is your disqualifier keep you from your miracle. Because my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. For his name's sake, I want to preach to someone today who has let blindness make you a beggar and has let begging become your identity, and you've allowed Jesus to pass by every single time, and you haven't stepped into your miracle even though your legs are working just fine. Blind beggar had become his identity even though his faith would say otherwise. He didn't allow himself to be limited by his condition. He didn't allow himself to be limited by his condition. Uh, so the number one is my current condition is a faith position. My current limitation is not complete disqualification. He might have been blind, but he could hear. He could shout. He could move. Even when I can't see it, you're working. You know what I'm talking about? Just sing about it. One condition does not limit the rest. And then in closing, John, you can come. Is this statement that you could probably write down in the margins of your Bible or on a postcard or something, is that my coat won't be needed where I am headed. My coat won't be needed where I am headed. Something strange Strange happened in this miracle narrative. It's extremely uh, kind of out of the blue, caught me by surprise. Probably we might have just read right over it. I think I might have repeated it twice when I read the scripture today. It says that when Jesus called blind Bartimaeus to come to him, that he threw his coat aside. Why would you do that? weather didn't change it says that he threw his coat aside and I don't know you know I've been, I've been more broke than I am now but I've never been begging on the side of the road type of broke and I can only imagine that everything he owned was on his person right like it probably could have been wrapped up and tied up into a little sheet maybe and rolled up into a mat like everything this guy owned 
his little tin cup that he used to beg for money on the side of the road, maybe a, you know, a cardboard sign, whatever it was that he used, like it was all right there within, within his person. It was all close and he's blind. So you got to think that he probably keeps everything that he has is of great value because he's blind and he's a beggar. So the value of this coat to him is, is of immense value. Like this, this coat is so important. <laughs> it keeps him warm. It keeps him protected. It keeps him away from the elements. And it's probably the only coat he's got. Pastor Ed, he's got a coat for every day of the week. He's fashionable. You know what I'm saying? But blind Bartimaeus, the chance, this is probably his only coat. Probably one coat and that's it. And the Bible says that when Jesus called his name, he threw his coat aside. What does that show us? That his faith was so strong that his belief in the power of Jesus doing the miraculous was so big that he was willing to leave behind what used to be secure. He was willing to leave behind what used to be his identity as the blind beggar because he knew from the time I leave my coat to the 10 steps it takes to find Jesus, I'm believing that the miraculous can happen and that I won't need that coat anymore. So what I came to preach to someone today who is still walking around like a blind beggar, that you're going to have to take some faith steps. You're going to have to decide today. Today my coat is coming off. I'm believing that I won't need this anymore because where I'm going is no longer on the roadside. Where I'm going, you can stay there because you identify with poverty, brokenness, and begging, and blind. But instead, I'm going to take the steps I need. I can't see it, but I can feel it working. I'm going to take the steps I need to Jesus and there's no looking back at what used to define me. There's no looking back at what used to hold me close. Instead, my faith is in Jesus. My faith is in the one who can save, redeem, restore. My faith is not in the coat that man gave me. My faith is not in the coat that money bought me. My faith is in Jesus. I might not be able to see right now. I might not be able to see, but I can walk Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Give God some praise. says in Isaiah 61 3 remain standing King James version to appoint unto them that mountain in the mountain mourn in Zion to give unto them beauty for ashes oil of joy for mourning the garment of praise (laughs) 
the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I don't know if you felt a spirit of heaviness on your life lately, but God says that you can leave the spirit of heaviness and I will give you a garment of praise. Would you lift your hands right now? You are being clothed in righteousness right now. You are being clothed in the thanksgiving and the presence of God right now. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, he's working. Can we sing that one more time? Come on. Thanks again for joining us, and thank you to those who give generously to make the ministry possible. You can click the link in our description to give now or visit givetofocus.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, and while you're at it, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at MyFocusChurch. We'd love to hear how God is speaking to you.